Hey everybody, it is another exciting adventure through the timeline, and you're here with me, I'm Scott, I'm the host, but I also have an even better host, and her name is Lindsay. Hey guys, I am super excited um, for today. Dude, I, I, honestly, like, even more than what if, this is probably, like, the episode that, like, really got me hyped. I mean, especially after like how what if turned out, I'm definitely more excited about this. Like. <laughs> I know. Now I'm like, I have, I have so much more like energy and like rewatching this because like I rewatched it last night too, just to like freshen up my notes. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just like, I was in awe of this movie so much. Like, Good. I, I watched this through page. completely new, new eyes. It felt like. I'm I'm so stoked to talk about Cinderella tonight. Before we dive right into it, um, what else are you watching? What else is going on? What do we have to kind of recommend to the people this week? So, <clears throat> this is kind of like an interesting, uh, like, little differential that you and I are going to have right here. Because, like, the number one thing that I watch throughout the week is usually anime. So, yeah, we're going to have a big gap on this because that's not my wheelhouse. Yeah. And I kind of figured that. And I'm stoked to hear all about it, though. Yeah. So, like, obviously I'm watching My Hero Academia, which come the new episodes come out every Saturday on Funimation. Um, but I'm also, like, my, my, my current, like, favorite show to watch is a show, an anime called That Time I Got Reincarnated as a Slime. Okay, so I haven't heard of that. I've obviously heard of My Hero Academia. Yeah, that's because that's um, the one that's in Hot Topic everywhere, and, yeah. Well, I don't know that I could look at a picture from it and tell you that that's what it is. It's more like I've heard that title. Like, I've heard that that is good more than Mm -hmm. that I've seen it. Um, But I have never really watched any anime. Like, I think the closest to anime that I've ever really seen is probably Avatar The Last Airbender, which I I don't know if that counts. Yeah, yeah, no, I I got you there. I just don't know if it counts. Right. Yeah, I totally think it counts. It's it's a Western or it's Americanized anime, and I love that fucking show. We should add that to the timeline. Dude, I so am. You don't know it, but I'm adding it. No, I add it, please. I think that's important (laughs) because it's great. I was really excited to watch it. I watched it for the first time just a couple years ago, and I loved it. It was awesome, and I'm I'm stoked that I get the jokes now. We should add some anime to the lineup because I know nothing about it, and that would be kind of interesting for us to do because you know what's going on, and I don't. So, um, And I didn't realize that. My Hero Academia was like still new. I, I know nothing uh, about it, well, including that it's still on TV. So yeah, I mean it's been should've... around for a while. It's in its fifth season right now, and if I'm being honest, the season kind of sucks shit. But huh? All right, well, well what pick. are you watching? Put some anime in the timeline. I'm yeah. so I I re-upped my subscription to Apple TV Plus. Hell yeah! So I kind of spent all weekend in there, and I gotta say that shit is worth like the six bucks a month. If anybody's on the fence about this. I say take a three-day weekend, get the free trial, and binge this shit, because a lot of what's on there is really good, and I I like Ted Lasso. Everyone's talking about Ted Lasso. Yeah. It was good. I like um, Mythic Quest, which is kind of the more one in our, like, yeah, wheelhouse, I right, keep, about, like, the uh, game creators. Yeah, and I keep, uh, I keep seeing advertisements for that. I don't know what it's about. Or anything like that. I just it's I keep seeing great. ads for it. And it looks fucking awesome. It's about. It's sort of like if you imagine being in the office of the people who are making World of Warcraft. 
unlike the creators of that. Dude, it's, it's like that's what it's about. It's like a workplace thing. It's so funny that you you mentioned like WoW because I played WoW for sixteen years and I recently just quit because of all the stuff happening with Blizzard and Activision. But I don't know what the deal is there. Uh, I believe you. Yeah, it's yeah. Crazy. I just I don't want to give them my money anymore. Um, but that's what I imagine that show to be is like that. It's that it's they they're creating like an a, an online. Like, but PC like game, an MMO. Right? Okay, okay. Yeah, exactly. And um, and it's really good. But what I really want to recommend is the show Physical, which yeah. stars Rose Byrne. Yeah, you were just Physical? talking about that last week. Fucking crazy! I highly recommend Physical. It's dark and it's fucked up and it's it's funny, but not really funny. Ha ha. More like funny. Yeah, yeah, fuck that. I feel like that too sometimes, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. I it's, but it's really, really good, and it's it's definitely dark, and it just finished up. So if you want to go in and binge it, you can. Um, and it was, it's really good. It's about like the invention of the at-home aerobics VHS. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, but so the, the like, peak of the eighties. Yeah, and like Rose Byrne plays this like miserable housewife who has like really, really debilitating eating disorder and ends up like re channeling all of this through aerobics and she's just she's crazy and that's my recommendation for this week. It was really, really good. I I want more of that show immediately. I was actually really bummed that it just ended season one because now God knows <laughs> I'm getting the rest of it. So but it was great. It was great. So highly recommend that, and really just everything happening on Apple TV Plus is surprisingly good for being yeah. a streaming service I would have written off. Yeah, see, that's a, like, my girlfriend just got a new phone, so we have uh, Apple TV free for a year, um, and I pay for, like, every streaming service. Like, I have Peacock, Paramount, HBO Max, Netflix, Hulu, Crunchyroll, Funimation, I have all that stuff, but... I, for some reason, like Apple TV, just never really piqued my interest. My mom tried to get me into into Ted Lasso, and I just, I think it's how she explained it to me, versus what I actually experienced when I watched the show that made me like not want to continue watching it. She was like, "It's the funniest show I've ever seen. It's hysterical," and then I watched it, and I'm like, N- literally none of this is funny. Like this is this is just like awkward and shitty for this guy it's like it gets the parts of it are funny but it's not it's again it's it's not really funny yeah uh-huh. I, like some of it is but it's it's more like it's, it's like more like funny humor hat. yeah like that dry like, like huh. oh, it's that, very british and yeah. i like it a lot for its britishness and i i think i haven't I, I could be wrong here i haven't looked this up but i suspect it's made by actual british people um and I, yeah. I just really like it. I, I lived in the UK for a long time, and yeah. it was, it was very, very British, and I really enjoyed that. So I okay. liked Ted Lasso. <laughs> so knowing that, and that you're into like British comedies, I'm gonna, I need to know, did you ever watch the IT Crowd? I didn't. Oh I'm aware of it God. though, but I never actually watched it. That's where Chris O'Dodd came from, the boyfriend from uh, Bridesmaids. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where he came from, was the IT crowd. When was that on, though? When was it live? I think, like, 2011 to, like, Ah, 2013. It was really short. 
So it would have come out right after I left the UK because oh, I left in the okay. like summer of 2010 was when oh, I graduated. Shit. Yeah. 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 So that was the last time that I lived there. So like I was aware of that, but as an American and also like starting grad school, there was kind of a dark period for me between like 2010 and 2014 where mm-hmm. I was just otherwise occupied. Yeah. And then came back into like the media <laughs> but i'm sure i missed it like i don't i was i yeah. was not watching a ton of uh live and new stuff during those years when i was in grad school i was super busy but damn yeah but i do love all that british stuff and there's all kinds of cool british stuff that we can talk about um uh, yeah. but ted lasso made me happy um, so maybe i'll give it another chance i don't know i enjoy i think just go i think it's like go into it knowing that it's not drop dead like hilarious it's not the office and it's not you know i'm trying to even think of something that's like wicked laugh out loud funny see i think i think big bang theory is hilarious i never got into it i don't know why i just think it's so funny because knowing now like it's it like before people were just like oh he's neurotic and weird but now everybody's like no he's very clearly on the spectrum i'm like this is so much funnier but also so much just like more wholesome and like inclusive because it just is that now like people aren't just like oh it's weird he's a weird guy it's like no he just like that's how his brain works and that's why he's cool right I enjoyed what I saw of that show. I know very little about it. Yeah. I've seen like a handful of episodes, and some of them are like the same episode in syndication. They yeah, you know they what I mean. Are. I'm like, I don't, I don't even really know, except that it it exists. But another thing that exists that I think is arguably a lot better than the Big Bang Theory is 1950s Cinderella. A hundred percent, I agree, and <laughs> <clears throat> I think it's important that we start by identifying that we are talking about the Disney 1950s release Cinderella, the original one that everybody knows, where the chart topping top 100 greatest Disney songs of all time with like slap it till it's it's dead, bippity boppity boo just that's where that came from. That song mm-hmm. fucking slaps and anyone that doesn't agree, you can just you can turn the podcast off right now. I don't even care. That song's even in Umbrella Academy season 2 and they have the best soundtrack on television in history. So I actually did saying. not know that so now I'm going to have to go back and watch it. Um well, whatever the fuck gets you watch the Umbrella Academy, Scott. I know. Yeah, seriously, like <laughs> Jesus uh, Christ. I feel like I keep Whatever gets you there. This. Oh yeah, you know, you're going to hit a button on this one. No. This is like you need to be watching this. So yes, whatever gets you to watch season 2 of the Umbrella I mean, Academy. Like no, I totally and agree with you. And also the finale of season 1. <laughs> yeah, well that's what I'm saying. Like the yeah, the first season is really good and them I'm fighting the shit um, out of us. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like gonna cut you off. I'm like, no, I didn't I mean, mean to do that. <laughs> no, you're totally fine. Like, I I get it. Like, that's how I would get about like, I would say The Office, but I, as I've gotten a little bit older, I'm not as big of an Office fan anymore. Yeah. Um. Well. But like, I feel, I feel strongly about this. So I see that, <laughs> and that's why I think it's really funny that you mentioned that it has a really good soundtrack because the only part of that first season that I really remember is Saturday Night by the Bay City Rollers when they're fighting mm-hmm. in the bowling alley. Mm-hmm. And that shit is yeah, it's amazing, and I love it. All the music in that show is incredible, including yeah. Bippity Boppity Boo, which you're absolutely right is a total banger. It and is. 
I'm so glad that we're on the same page because we haven't really talked about this movie together until but. now. So I'm stoked that we're on the same page because I fucking love Cinderella. I just, yeah. everything about it. Um, but to contextualize where we are, it is 1950. We are looking at uh, that spot in the timeline with Disney's Cinderella. It's the Truman administration. The Korean War started that year. All the King's Men wins the Oscar. I've never seen it. Nor have I. I'm mm. going to be honest. <laughs> the top grossing movie of the year is Samson and Delilah. However, Disney finally made money on this movie. Ooh, let's go, Big D. Yeah, they made a profit of $164 million mm-hmm. in 1950, which yep. is insane. Unheard of. It completely saved the whole Disney company. They were $4 million in debt. Had the movie not made money, they would have gone bankrupt. Like, this was yeah. this was the turning point for Disney, and it was their last shot. So, this is the first film of Disney's Silver Age. It's coming right after the adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad, right before Alice in Wonderland. Mm-hmm. And, t- I mean, this is a movie that I, like, if I'd had to pull it out of my ass a month and a half ago, I would have said was in the Golden Age. Like, I am shocked. Yeah, that's... So, when we first started doing this, I was like, wait, what the fuck? Like, these are the only movies that are in the Golden Age? Like, this... The Golden Age sucks. It does kind of suck. Like, why is that the Golden Age? And why did it go backwards? Why did it go from gold to silver? Isn't that supposed to go, like, silver to gold? No, I mean, gold is, like, the, the, the... I don't know. It means, like, the old goodies. You know what I mean? I'm trying to think of another way that that is... That like the golden age of television or the golden yeah. age of cartoons for kids would be like yeah. the late 90s early 2000s yeah yeah like the oldest right and then we say like the platinum age or whatever is like now mm-hmm. i don't know but remember this is going to go all over the place because then we're going to get like the dark age oh my god yes you know it's the next thing is the dark age and then the renaissance like disney breaks all the rules and naming conventions yeah. so who fucking knows is the answer <laughs> to your question scott hell yeah that was my question who does know and who fucking knows <laughs> fucking nobody um but that's where we're at and this was like this was just such a big deal for disney and you know what it holds up it's just oh my kinda, god dude it so does like re-watching this movie i was like this literally cannot be like within two years of ichabod and mr toad because the animation is is leaps and bounds ahead of anything that we've seen so far the the use of walking through and across shadows Mm -hmm. the the use of uh just of color and oh my god it everything there was like there was not a scene in this movie where i wasn't just like god damn dude like this looks so good it was beautiful and i i am always and forever shocked by the fact that this movie came out before Sleeping Beauty, and I can't wait for us to get there because I'm wondering if my memory is fucked up or if it's just like a really different approach to the way the movie is made because that animation is like so angular. Like this feels newer. It It feels like maybe it's just more consistent with modern animation. I don't know, but this movie feels newer in every conceivable way, even in the music, than Sleeping Beauty. And yeah. it looks fucking gorgeous. It really does. And I honestly, I feel, see, here's the thing. And this is what I think is really kind of like the, the main point about the portion of the episode that we're at right now. 
there there has been so many recreations and reiterations of this this story mm-hmm. like we really don't even need to cover a plot summary because everybody knows this at this point like you've got ever after with drew barrymore you've got the whitney houston one where she went to uh, she went to abc and was just like i really want to make a cinderella movie and i don't want race or age to matter at all and they're right. like, okay, fucking cool, let's go. Um, but then you've got, oh, God damn, what's her name? Hillary Duff. Hillary Duff has a Cinderella movie. Hell yeah, she does. And don't forget about Enchanted, um, oh, which is yeah. the like really sort of self-deprecating meta version that's yep. kind of this, and it's kind of Snow White, and it has fucking Patrick Dempsey in it, and like, there's this is one of the oldest stories in existence. Like there are Cinderella stories in um i think the oldest one is an ancient greek story but i actually think that there might be older stories coming from asia even than the greek one and they include like the shoe yeah you know it's like all of the kind of really specific things about this um are even in these really ancient stories and it's one of the most adapted stories of all time and one of the most common stories of all time and there's a million books too like there's cinder which is from this like i think it's like a ya book but it's like a darker ish or more like real gritty take i feel like i've seen that cover before because there are there's a whole series of books that basically makes like a dark young adult like early teens of the disney princesses like it makes which is where cinder comes from yeah, okay. that's, it's from a series like that that tackles, like, the other stories, too, and Cinder's one of them, and I, I couldn't, I tried to find it for this episode, and I couldn't, but I read a book when I was, I don't know, in, in high school, I think, um, that was a Cinderella story, but it was supposed to be, like, a real and gritty story, but it wasn't Cinder, it wasn't, like, YA, but yeah. it, and it's, like, she lives in, in Holland, and I don't know, it's, but I remember that like there's a million of these stories right they're <laughs> everywhere which i think is really cool that that disney took something that's been done a gazillion times made it into something that totally holds up and we're able to continue to make money off of it because that hillary duff is a disney movie like that's all oh my God. you yeah. know like and then they have the live action remake which i i, I really thought saw. the live action was good i just watched it for this um it was mm. awesome the lack of music is weird yeah. But it does look like this movie from 1950 come to life, and they give the prince a lot more time, which I we Good. will discuss. I have a lot to say about the prince, and we're gonna wait I, for its too. time. Yeah. But. Um, it's it was just really good and also the prince is played by rob stark and god damn it if i'm ever here for that is he really like, that's fucking yeah. cool i did not Fuck know yeah. that, that oh is i was amazing. like okay and he gets all this screen time and he's as loved it 10 out of 10 i'm excited <laughs> to see more of him because he's in he's in the next marvel well not the next one but the one after he's in eternals no way really yeah how did i not know this oh dude Man. i'm excited He's, like, way hotter than Game of Thrones gave him credit for. Like, or that that no was comment. my takeaway from Game of Thrones, I guess is what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I, I didn't realize, guys. And then watched this remake of Cinderella, and I was like, damn. So I'm stoked about that. Yeah, um, me too. Totally. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. We can all appreciate a beautiful human. He's not Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> like, that's all I'm going to mm, say. I want to see that movie. Free guy. And yeah. 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 And yeah, Ryan Reynolds. Anyway, <laughs> um, God, you're not wrong. 
Yeah. But, um, do we... <laughs> Do we in any way want to summarize this movie, or should we move right into the 10 out of 10 banger that is A Dream is a Wish Your Heart Makes? I think we should definitely just move right into A Dream is a Wish Your Heart Makes. 10 out of 10. Dude, it... it so, alongside um, Once, Up, uh, Once Upon a Dream from Sleeping Beauty... Yeah, yeah, that's a banger. A Dream is a Wish Your Heart Makes is my favorite one of my top three favorite disney songs of all time like including newer stuff that's come out like uh, um, little wonders by uh rob thomas from uh what is it Shit. <laughs> meet the robinsons that's another one of my Ooh. favorite disney movies i haven't seen that one oh and my I've, God, I'm so excited. i know i'm aware it's on the timeline though it's i will watch so it funny. i'll watch it for this when we get there okay for good. the first time and it'll be epic um but I think the first, like, even before we get into the music, I think it's important to mention that this is the first Disney movie with full intro credits. Oh, yeah. It's, it, it has full opening credits. Like, it, it talks about the voice acting, it talks about the art department, uh, direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, my God. It was, I was like, dude, this is like a legitimate film now. Like, we're not in this experimental stage anymore. Like, Disney kind of has honed their their craft to the point where they're like, we know what we're doing. We just need to, you know, shiny it up a little bit. And, oh, my God, did they shiny the shit out of Cinderella. Because right off the bat, just the animation... There are a couple things I did notice, like, in the beginning. When it's giving you the backstory about her dad and doting on her. And then, like, if you look really carefully, there's actually only, like, three animated portions of the scene where she's a little girl with the horse... Yeah, it's mostly just like a... It's a still image. Yeah, Yeah. and just her arm is animated, the water that the horse is drinking from, and her father's jacket blowing in the wind. Which, it's like, seems fine. But sometimes I feel like that's intentional in this movie. Like, it's a Uh, memory. It... If it's not intentional, they sure as hell made that budget restriction work because it feels mm-hmm. intentional to me. I don't know. Am I giving it too much slack? No, I I actually totally agree with you. I think that it it seemed to be something that we should be focusing on because it's important to know as a memory. And so, like, it did definitely make sense for us to just be like, let's stop and, like, just look at this image for a minute. So I, mm-hmm. I kind of appreciate that. Yeah, it, but you're right that it's like the it's not animated or even drawn all that great. Like faces in that scene are a little bit washed mm-hmm. out. I also noticed in this movie that once again the prince got the lowest budget of anybody okay. in the film, which like just just from an art perspective. I'm like, so glad that you said that because that was actually my first of all. We don't even see the and I was going to bring this up later, but we're kind of talking about it now. We're so bad at that. I know. We We don't even meet the prince until 48 minutes into this hour and 18 minute movie. There is literally 20 minutes left of the movie and that's when he shows up. I know and it it kills me and I have an absurd amount to say about that and I am going to wait for its time Good. because I feel like I feel like we'll talk about it when we get there has become a lie that we tell every episode we talk about it now we talk about it now despite our attempt yeah. to go in order yeah so we'll actually I will save it because I have a whole fucking lot to say about that um but right away what I first noticed about this 
especially it gets hammered in with the dream is a wish your heart makes. And that is the second princess I want song because all the princesses sing an I yep. want song, right? About whatever thing that they want to do. They want to be where the people are and they want more and all of this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So this is her I want song and she's really clear like she's not wishing blindly like Snow White. Like Cinderella is willing to go through the shit. She knows oh, you yeah. have to like keep believing. Like there's more to this character in the story than we've seen in any of Disney before. Like they are going deeper, harder, all of it in this movie and it's like she's explicitly described as being abused. Mm-hmm. Like they really go deep on Cinderella being like, no, I'm willing to persevere and have like an obscene amount of like resilience to get the dream that I want. I'm not just wishing in the well or whatever. Yeah. Like Cinderella is here to work for it. That's actually something that I immediately noticed with not only the way she like carries herself, but just like her overall attitude and the way she talks to her, uh, fucking battalion of animals. Oh yeah. Um, she is not she's not fragile she's not easily broken or easily like swayed by comments and stuff like that and then again she is like in certain things when she feels like she's about to get what she wants and then it's taken from her yeah like we'll see that fragility a little bit but Mm -hmm. for the most part she is she is confident she's like strong she's very sure of you know the things she says and and I thought that was really, like, a really fresh take because we're coming off of Snow White, who literally freaked out when the guy's shadow fell on her. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, yeah. it just <laughs> fucking it, Snow White. I know. <laughs> and it, right, it's been it's been a long time, right, since Snow White came mm-hmm. out. It's been like thirteen, 13 years, years since Snow White yeah. came out at this point. So it's it's great to see the princess of all thing. Um, I think. One of the things I really noticed about this is, like, Cinderella gets a lot of the burden of the princesses are bad movement, you know? And and I've read all of Peggy Orenstein's books. Like, I recommend Cinderella Ate My Daughter. Like, it's great. Mm-hmm. But Cinderella, as a character, really unfairly takes the brunt of that anti-princess movement because... The- my girl, like, has her shit together, like, and we'll talk about it more later, yeah, but, like, she, really does. she just doesn't deserve to carry the brunt of that and, and be, like, the symbol of the the fawning princess who just, like, needs to be saved by a dude. Like, that's just really not what Cinderella's about, and I noticed that in this watch more than I ever have before, and mm-hmm. she's just awesome. She's out there to just, like... She just keeps a really optimistic attitude, I think, is her whole thing that almost never gets shaken is her optimism until, like, when her optimism is shaken in this film is when the fairy godmother shows up. And so I love that, that the message of this film, I think, really is, like, be positive, be optimistic, be kind in the face of abuse. Mm -hmm. And when you really need help, we're going to get it for you. Yeah. And it's going to, we're going to figure it out, right? And I love that about this movie and... Yeah, so that's what I'm, I feel like the message is. Yeah, I'm, I'm super here for her, just her entire attitude. Um, one of my, <laughs> one of my favorite things about the beginning of this movie, and I wrote it in my notes. Um, the mice that help her out, literally, they're just vibing, like yeah. they they are just about about it. 
Like their life is great, even though their life really isn't that great. Well, it's a lot like Cinderella, right? Like mm-hmm. they kind of reflect back at each other in that way. Like, and they have a lot in common like that. And like, to be fair, like for as, as downtrodden as Cinderella is, like my girl doesn't even dress herself. I know, that was kind of insane. Like, they dressed her. Yeah. Like, she... But, to be fair, she, like, feeds them and provides them with shelter and, like, stops the cat from killing them. But So it's, they have this really symbiotic... Right? Yeah, like, they do. And I'm glad that you brought up that she feeds them because mm-hmm. this is something that has bothered me since I was a child. What is she feeding them? She, what corn. is that stuff? Is it corn? Corn kernels, yeah. Okay, because it genuinely looks like cheese, or I don't know what, but no, it was she just feeds like, it to the chickens too, right? It's like right. grain. It's corn. It's no, corn. I know it's yeah. I, I know. It's I can't grain, believe that stuck with the. I'm like, I feel like three year old me could have told you that was corn. <laughs> See, I. It just like in my head. It first of all, it's not the color of corn that I would expect. Okay, sure. It's also not shaped like corn. It genuinely is shaped like little slices of cheese. No, it's shaped like a little corn kernel if you popped it off the corn, like a cooked kernel of corn, and you popped it off the cob. That's what it looks like. Maybe I'm just a fucking idiot then, because, like, I... I mean, I don't know about that, but I... I, Maybe I am, because I feel really confident in this. Maybe I've been wrong. No, I... Send us feedback at gobehindthetimeline at gmail.com. Is it... Please. Is it corn? Yeah, because, like, the way she puts it down, the way that the mice carry this stuff, it just, like, I was like, what the fuck is this? I think it's corn. Um... I, it's got okay. It. It's now that you know, I'm, no, it's not. I know it's not cheese. She's not giving these fucking chickens cheese. That's weird. I think it's like cooked, but like it's not a corn kernel. Obviously, I think it's no, cooked. I think but it's then I just think like it's cooked like or dried. dried. Yeah. I think it's cooked and then dried. It's not like she's like boiling fresh corn on the cob for them and chopping it yeah. up like their kids with braces. But I'm it's, glad no, I just it's, yeah. It's totally corn. I'm glad I could help. I'm, I, know, I feel confident I'm, about this. I'm glad I just devoted the last two minutes of this episode to talking about what the fuck is the animated food that she gives these other animated characters it's it's a legit question i mean it's a big part of the story like there's a lot of plot that involves just trying to stack the corn and carry the corn and escape the 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 cat but so i'm glad you said that because that's actually the number one thing i noticed about the first more or less the first half of this movie it really isn't even about cinderella it's a the first like 30 or 40 minutes of this movie is about the mice Oh, totally. There's a huge, huge part of this plot that's dedicated to that. But I think it, I think it's one of the weaker parts of the movie is how much time goes to that. Yeah. And kids, at the end of the day, that's it's probably about as much minion as we get in your average whatever yeah. those movies are called. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. I agree, though. I think it's the weakest bit. But I also think that some of the strongest bits come from that. I think that when they're trying to steal the key, that yes. is a, a story in narrative tension. Hell yeah. Or a lesson in narrative tension to rival, I think, the escape from Moria scene in Fellowship. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that is, like, some hardcore shit when they're trying to get up the yeah. stairs and the so it kind of pays off enough for me to forgive it to be honest no and I, I i it wasn't like i wasn't annoyed by it or i wasn't like upset about it, it to the point where i was like this is dumb like i don't care about these mice because jack is a fucking g he's a ride or die friend oh totally um but then gus gus who 
this was like I did have a question about this. She names him Octavius, but says she'll call him Gus for short. I also noticed that and never noticed it as a kid, and I, I don't know. know how I didn't know that was the case, but it is. His name is Octavius, which honestly makes him even better. It kind of does. Um, and the only other thing I'm going to say about like this whole early scene is like, dude, that shirt does not fit him the first time she puts it on. And then she pulls it down and it just like magically is fit now. I just thought that was so weird. I was like, come on guys, like we can do a little bit better than this. Just have her give him a different shirt. Well, it's just such a rough like fat joke that like wouldn't fly today. I know. Like, cause I get that like today it would be like, well, that's like not inclusive of like the lady mice who are the ones who do the sewing, which is also not inclusive. Um, you know, to like they not make a plus size shirt. Yeah, and they're like, leave the sewing to the women. And I'm like, eh fine but this is also 1950 so i I know that's why i can't expect too much from them yeah no i can't be mad at it but i can't not not hear it either especially that line it's a little more like even if we're noticing guts guess like that line is gonna stick out no for sure there were there were two things that i wanted to say about this before we move on to the stepmother but one of them is just how much Cinderella, like, runs these mice. Like, they have a whole onboarding oh, yeah. process. Like, for as much as they're, like, this, they just, I, I love that with the shirt. That they come oh, in and they're yeah. like, all right, I know what to do. Here's the process. We got a new mouse. Here's what we do. She's got a whole drawer full of clothes. Like, who yeah. need a name? And I'm like, god damn, dude. Like, this is a full-on operation going on She has on a here. fucking plan. But the second thing that I wanted to say about this is when Cinderella goes outside to feed the chickens... After collecting oh my god, yes, she is wearing motherfucking clogs, dude. I cannot, I cannot tell you how fucking stoked I was when I saw those. I like, I literally, I wrote, and in all caps, I wrote clogs with like four exclamation marks. I also have it in all caps, dude. I was so fucking stoked about it. I paused the movie, like I, so I rewound the movie to be honest, and paused and mm-hmm. fucking googled it and didn't find anything because I'm like, what am I missing? That there's some kind of old timey tradition of like the clogs or the shoes that you wear to like go feed the fucking chickens. Like, is that what Snow White was doing? Because she only wore them that one time. Is it because she it's was out possible, doing some yeah. kind of she chore? She was doing some kind of menial task. Well, Is and there here's a the other chore thing, that like, requires clogs? What am I fucking missing about like the historical context? Someone, please, I, respond. There has to be Go something on. there. Yeah, please. Someone hit us up on Twitter at Behind yeah. Timeline and let me fucking know. But like, Yeah, what is this about? So historians... What the fuck? Basically, and, and what also I'm, clog watch because next I princess, I, my eyes are fucking open. Yeah, that's gonna be my hashtag on this one is clog watch. Hashtag clog watch, like, <laughs> yeah. I here's the thing. Basically, Disney was like, he was so ahead of his time. He was like, Crocs are gonna be such a banging fucking shoe in the two thousands. <laughs> like, let's just set the precursor in our movies now. And I'm that's fucking so here for funny. it because, like, it just. I'm. I think it is so funny that that's what you fucking noticed because I was so excited to see those when she came back inside. I was just like, "Oh my god, dude!" And the fact that she still just wears regular shoes inside them. Oh I know. My god. Well, that's what made me think. Like, is that is that what's going on here? Like, these yeah. are at, like I put this I think on. They're supposed cause... to be like outdoor shoes, right? Like, because she's just wearing what slides they or slips. Yeah, she's or wearing like little flats, the same as Snow White. Flats. Was. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. 
Yes. Yeah. You were, exactly the you were same closer that, um, in the neighborhood. The exact same shoes that Snow White's wearing. Exactly. The exact same shoes. Yeah. So I'm like, is this like a you put your clogs on over your other shoes when you go out to feed the chickens? Like, and I didn't Google it for long, you know, I'm like, yeah. I don't know. But somebody, please, for the love of God, clarify this. Because I'm, that was my biggest note on the intro to this movie. Oh. Moving on. So, well, yeah. And now we get to what I can only describe is my honestly my favorite voice actress of all time for those of you who don't know lady tremaine the evil stepmother is voiced by eleanor oddly who is also the voice of maleficent Mm -hmm. which anybody who's ever seen sleeping beauty should have picked up on that right away um she's also in green acres she's also from beverly hillbillies Um, but she has this voice that like, even I'm, I'm 33. I want to do it. I'm like, I want to do it. I don't do it. You have to. She's like, Cinderella. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. Except eviler. I can't do it. It is like, it's just hearing her talk and the mo first of all, the way that you introduce a villain Oh, is this way. Is exactly this way. You hear her voice off screen when she's picking up the laundry and dropping off the tea, which I want to... I'm going to circle back to that in a minute here. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Gus Gus gets left under one of the cups in, I think it's Drisella's room. And so Lady Tremaine thinks that Cinderella's playing pranks and she has all this time on her hands, so she calls her into the bedroom. We don't see... Lady Tremaine in the bed, we just fucking know that she's there. Because the curtain, uh, the half curtain is covering her. And as we get closer, oh my god, all we see is Lucifer's glowing eyes and her glowing eyes. And her glowing eyes. Have you seen the meme of this? I have not. It is perhaps one of my favorite memes and it's that image of the two of them laying in bed and she's like stroking Lucifer's head and it says... When I grew up, I thought I would be a Disney princess. Turns out I'm this lady. Turns out I'm... Oh, my God, dude. It's so <laughs> like, right. Uh, I wake up with all three of my cats in my bed, and I'm like, yep, Lady Tremaine, here dude, I go. Dude, <laughs> it, it just, like, it's it's phenomenal. It, it very, is menacing, though. It is, and she talks very quietly. Um, Basically, she's like, so it seems we have time on our hands. Yeah, Obviously, Cinderella tries so to stand evil. up for herself, and that's when Lady Tremaine snaps, be silent! And I'm like, oh shit, I wasn't even talking, but I'm not going to talk anymore. Well, and this is what I really loved about this scene. Like, this, I, I like titled this whole section, Yes, Aunt Petunia. Yep. Because she is fucking piss your pants terrifying. Mm-hmm. And Cinderella doesn't give a fuck. Cinderella mm-hmm. is so Harry Potter about this. Oh, yeah. Like, just so, like, you know the way that like Harry in the first couple of books like before he really had his agency and knew how much power he actually had right um and he would just sort of like roll his eyes and like give cheek back to his aunt and uncle and Dudley right like he yeah. was such a little asshole he was he had such an attitude for a kid that they legit made live in a cupboard like Harry was not afraid to tell I know him he kind of did off. have a lot of of tood when she's making his Wicked. or she's just dying some of Dudley's old clothes and he's like, what is this? And she's like, it's your smeltings, or not smeltings, it's your stone wall, uh, stone yeah, wall, uh, stone wall high, uh, uniform. He's like, oh, I didn't realize it had to be so wet. And she's like, don't be stupid. And I'm like, yeah, dude, like, he Harry, has so Jesus, much bro. cheek. 
an attitude. He's like, he talks shit constantly to the Dursleys. And I felt like Cinderella was kind of doing the same thing. Like, she's just like rolling her eyes. She's yeah. like, yes, stepmother, whatever the fuck you say. Because she yes, knows that she's going to go have a great time on her own. Yeah, yes, Anastasia. And she, like, she's just exasperated. Like, Cinderella's not scared. I'm fucking scared. Oh, I know. Yeah. But Cinderella sure as shit isn't. And I really love that in this scene as a way to really spell out both of these characters like Lady Tremaine is scary as fuck and we know she has a lot of power but we also know that Cinderella kind of knows how to work this situation and ultimately is kind of okay yeah it's not you don't feel for her like her life is ruined now you get the sense that her life was ruined before and she's numb to this now she's just kind of learned yeah she's kind of learned to deal with it um, we're past that initial trauma where, exactly. by the way, both her parents are dead, right? Yeah. Of course, we're not really going through the basic summary on this movie. But uh, interestingly, in the original Grimm's, her dad's alive the whole time. And See, it's like, I read that. Cool, that's fine. I thought that was weird. Ridiculous. Um totally ridiculous he's just and he's like what do you mean you couldn't possibly want to see her she's awful why would you want to put the shoe on her foot and it's like are you fucking kidding me but okay fuck that guy yeah no kidding so yeah you know that the the real trauma happened in the kind of still image when we got the flashback right and now she kind of like has it on lockdown and i really like this transition because we're only a few minutes into the movie at this point Mm -hmm. and that we go from that kind of still image of just like we kind of feel that trauma and like we know things just went really badly for her and then see her kind of making it work um is a nice way to start this movie off i agree um and i think i think it's interesting that we basically are just following her through her day to day like this whole movie takes place over two days mm-hmm. which i didn't realize until re-watching this um yeah, it's he, like the ball is tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, three days. You're right. I'm sorry. Three um, days. Yeah, whatever yeah, it is. But it's, they, it's not like this is like a week before the ball. This is like yeah, the day before it's the like ball. It's like the day because he's coming home that day. No, it's two days because the king is like, what better way to celebrate my son's return than to have a ball upon his arrival? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's Well, and I just know day. the ball is the next day from when they do this this whole morning it's the next day is the ball so they have they have this day then the next day is like you have to get all this shit done and then you can go to the ball and then she they don't let her go to the ball and then the day after that is when they come out with the shoe so yes yeah, like three wait days. is it because i think so the next time that we see the we see all of them is when cinderella gets the telegram and goes in to ruin god help me the worst Dude, I honestly, this is the only time I felt bad for Lucifer, was when Anastasia is singing Sweet Nightingale. Oh my god, I loved this because Cinderella, like, with so much attitude, she goes, she puts air quotes around music lessons. Mm -hmm. She puts it in her voice, she's talking to, like, the mice or whatever, and she's like, she gets the telegram, and she's like, well, I guess we'll have to interrupt the... uh, Music, well, music lesson. lesson and I'm like yeah. burn Dude, oh, my oh my god and you're right actually I think the ball is this night yeah. I think that this I think that sing sweet light nightingale because it's still pretty night, early in the, the day, day of the ball. Yeah, it is it's just the like, first thing in the morning also underrated banger sing sweet nightingale and that yeah, scene the animation is insane with the bubbles yep. and like totally new territory for Disney I think that's a super underrated scene so 
I'm actually going to correct you on something. It is not noon territory for Disney. Disney experimented with bubble animation in Dumbo during the pink elephants on parade scene. Mm, that's true. And they also had bubbles in... They did have bubbles uh, in Fantasia. And Snow White with Dopey. Oh, you're right. They actually have been doing this their whole run. But fuck if it doesn't look cooler in this It does. Movie. It actually just does look a lot better It's just here. better. It's just everything about this is just better. And like... I, so this is this is another part where I feel like the, I realized this movie had was just more mature and honestly just like real is yeah. so we're introduced to Lady Tremaine and the, the stepdaughters and then immediately we're transported to the castle and we meet the king who actually does not have a name he's just the king and then you have the Grand Duke which you actually don't even know that's what his title is until the closer to the end of the movie mm-hmm. um but all the king wants is grandchildren i thought this was really interesting too like is this unique as a disney parent motivation i it, think it's hilarious it kind of is like he he literally is just like my son's older and i love how they like show him getting older by the fucking size of the pictures in the hall yeah i just thought that was really funny and then it goes to this like wall size picture of the prince and it just like it i was just kind of like dude this guy isn't like forcing this because he needs like his territory expanded or he needs some kind of political thing he just wants grandchildren he misses the sound of like little feet running through the castle which again he, like, i dreams about it he has like a little daydream yeah he's so cute and like uh, see here's another thing where we're getting into this dead mother's trope we don't ever know what happens to the queen it's she's never even brought up she's never even mentioned um but it it does imply that they've been alone for a while yeah it does the castle seems kind of sad yeah yeah i I think he's such an iconic disney dad he is like he's he's very much like a proto sultan he reminds mm-hmm. me a lot of the Sultan. And he's, he's, a, he's drawn he's a less and goofy. shaped like him. Yeah, he is. He's yeah, he's kind of like goofy. that round squat, kind of like yeah. off with his he's, head, but not really kind of guy. Yeah, he's more scary too, though. Like you definitely get the feeling like in yeah. a couple of the scenes, like he might fuck you up. Whereas like Sultan definitely wouldn't. So yeah, like, that yeah, he's a, a, <laughs> no, that guy's a like this guy would use his sword. I feel like, but oh, yeah, big time he does too. That's what's like crazy. That's what I mean. Like doesn't he? Ch- and he's like stabbing the pillows and like dude. This he guy's... literally cleaves a fucking mahogany table in half. Yeah, like he's a lot scarier than Sultan, but he is a little bit of a proto Sultan. And and it, fascinatingly. I think the prince is kind of a proto-Jasmine. I really sensed a lot of similarities in those stories. Like, I wanted a lot more of the prince in this. That is so missing because... We don't how, really know anything about him. That's the thing. Like, well, except that he's basically Jasmine, right? We know that he doesn't just want to get married for whatever. Because he would have by now. The king's, like, desperate for him to get married. Yeah. And we know that the king doesn't have control over this timeline. Like, I, the king doesn't seem to be in any position to tell the prince what to do. He's like, we'll have a big party. We'll have everybody get dressed up. Surely he will like somebody. Yeah. You know? And and it's it just reminds me a lot of the story with, with Jasmine. And neither of them get to really be the protagonists of their movies. And I think we should turn that around. I want to do this with I think with that's actually a really good reference. I didn't even, like, think of that until you said that. That's really funny. Yeah. 
I think they're really, really similar. They're the Prince and Jasmine both are just like having absolutely no shit. They both are like, I'm going to be in charge. Fuck you. I'm going to marry who I want. Fuck you. And you can't force me to do it. And then there's like a big parade full of suitors come in and they're like, oh, just kidding. I'm going to marry for love, even though this person isn't really totally what they're making themselves out to be in terms of like being an appropriate match for me. Like, how is it not the same story? Dude. Right? It so is. And now that I'm thinking about it, Aladdin is just Cinderella in reverse. Yeah. That's She's a gender swap Cinderella story. Good lord. I mean... <laughs> oh my god, it is. It is, right? Like, except that Aladdin doesn't leave a shoe there. Um, no, or need yeah, to be, like, true. hunted for. Yeah, yeah. Except for, but except for the shoe. I mean, there's even a fairy godmother in Aladdin. Like, it's the mm-hmm. same thing. It's just, An you know, with Robin friend. Williams. Yeah. yeah. That, like, helps him to get around and eat and get, like, That's you know, so probably sew his clothes. Like, yeah. I, I think mean, it's, I think the, it's the I mean, right? That's, I, dude, I, this, this is blowing my mind right now. Like, these I'll are just say it. I really noticed that movie. similarity of, like, the, yeah, I wanted a lot more time with the prince. And, well, so, um, like, here's the other thing that I thought was really odd. So, right, they like they're getting ready for the party or whatever, or the ball or whatever, and they just keep making comments about this sash is old and she throws it on the ground and she's like, these beads are old mm-hmm. and trash or whatever. And it's said in the beginning that the, the chateau fell into disrepair mm-hmm. because of squanderings of the money and stuff, but that is never ever mentioned again. Like, that is never a plot point. That's never, like, a thing that that Lady Tremaine mentioned. She doesn't even say it like, we need to, we need one of you girls to get married to the prince so we can get out of, we can start living the lap of luxury again. It, but that doesn't, like, I just thought no, that was I, really weird. I think you're right to criticize it, um, because it is where the movie needed an extra three to five minutes max yeah maybe even if that mm-hmm. maybe three to five lines um to get that across and i think it's something that a lot of the cinderella adaptations struggle with is like what is the motivation of the evil stepmother like apart from like to just be a stone cold bitch like what is her motivation yeah. why and and the answer generally i think is that she that the chateau has fallen into disrepair that she does need to do something to elevate her girls that in the live action remake they have to fire all the staff and yeah. that's why Cinderella ends up serving them is because they need somebody to do it because they refuse to like do it themselves, change yeah. their lifestyle right they like don't want they don't want to live within their means and so they force Cinderella to do that and then the whole thing is like we'll do anything to get you with the prince because it would better our position and you know we can move somewhere where we have help and but they don't flesh it out and I think they actually do a bad job of fleshing that out in most of the adaptations even the live action they don't really give it as much time as it needs to understand what the fuck is going on I mean the only time you really see it as like a major plot point is in Ever After and that's because it directly leads to her being sold towards the end of the movie. That's right. But and ever after is also one of the grimmer on-screen retellings is. of this. Yeah, that's, it's not rated R, but it's definitely it's not rated R, right? It's it's no, it's not. I rated have R. to ask. I have to ask. I guess is the point. Yeah, right? I'm it's not, not positive. It doesn't so. get crazy enough to be rated R. Um, but it's good. If they made that today, it would be, and it would, and, they, and James Gunn can direct it. It'll be fucking killer. That would be but. pretty awesome, actually. I'd be, <laughs> I'd be kind of here for that. 
I would be here for a rated R Cinderella. But, oh, that'd be wild. Um, but so, only if it includes Cinderella, Cinderella. <laughs> so it, it's funny that you bring that up because now we're getting into parts where I was like, wait a minute, we didn't get a warning for this. So we got zero warning. Yeah, nothing on this movie. There is tobacco use in this movie. Where? When? So it's actually after the ball. I'm kind of skipping ahead a little bit, but when the archduke comes in and has to tell the king, "Hey, he met the love of his life, but she's gone, and we can't find her." Um. Sorry, I need a drink. Um. He comes in and the king flips out and is like, oh my god, he found her. Like, congratulations, you'll be knighted. What kind of title do you want? And he's like, here, have a cigar. And he shoves it in his mouth, he lights it. And then he starts throwing like 20 or 30 of them at him. Oh yeah, you're right. And I was like, this is weird that, like, we got a warning in Pinocchio, but we didn't get a warning in this one. And then well, Pinocchio was also like significantly worse. Did yeah, they actually, they actually smoke do use them? It. Yes, he does. He smokes like half of it in an instant. Um, no, but I mean in this movie. Yes, he. Oh, so the he also so he does what Pinocchio does. He just doesn't get sick. Yeah, he he does Got it like it. he's like a fucking G, like he's done it before. Oh my god! Um, well, he's the king. I mean, this guy's kind of a badass. Let's I know he is kind of a badass. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so like I'm skipping ahead. So like, this is this is actually the part of the movie that I thought solidified Lady Tremaine as one of the most clever and sadistic villains in Disney history. Yeah, totally. She tells Cinderella not that she can't come, but that she can go if she finds a dress and finishes her chores. She finishes her chores, and the only reason she has a dress, which I did like the nod that they still did include, that the dress was her mother's, Mm-hmm. Because that is a yeah. huge thing in the original tale and all the other adaptations. The dress is her mother's. Um, but she had the mice help her make this dress. She comes downstairs. The sash has been used for the dress that uh, Drisella didn't want. Or, excuse me, Anastasia didn't want. And the beads, which I... This is like a weird thought that I had, but I was like, those beads don't go with that outfit. No, you're correct. They don't. The beads didn't match. They didn't look good. But beggars can't be choosers. Uh, yeah, and that's kind of how I was like, all right, whatever. We'll just I mean, move and on. also the mice literally picked it out. So I know. Obviously, I mean, she's gonna, impressive yeah. that they picked clothes. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like Baby Groot would have done a worse job of bringing oh like God. actual clothes. He would have brought her like or. a fish head and like a sock. Yeah, somebody's finger. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah, I feel like they did okay, given that they were rodents. But also, yeah, totally, it didn't match. It's not really that cute of an outfit. It's a good thing that we have the fairy godmother. I know, thank God. But, like, so now we get into Lady Tremaine is like, fuck, I've been outsmarted. She actually has a dress. Yeah. How am I going to stop? Because they say it in the beginning... Um, and I did make a note about it that Lady Tremaine was yet again another elderly woman jealous of a young teenager. She was jealous of of uh, Cinderella's beauty and charm, is what it says. See, it's, it's like okay, I guess I guess tale is old as time. I guess bring on more dead moms so yeah, that we don't have this seriously. like relationship thing happening where women just hate each other. Mm-hmm. Like I, it's it. It's just one of the biggest failings of this whole story and this movie is 
the lack of motivation for Lady Tremaine because she's fucking terrifying. She is. And maybe, and that's kind of part of it is that she just is like, she's just doing it to be an asshole. Yeah. Just because she hates Cinderella. That's what I think is really interesting is Eleanor Audley voiced two of the most iconic Disney villains. And if you actually put them side by side, literally their motivation is nothing other than pure evil. Oh, yeah. There, there's no, like... Because Maleficent wanna... is just like, no, fuck you. Then yeah, fine, she's, then fuck she's, you. She's genuinely evil for evil's sake. Yeah, she is. And Lady Tremaine is just like, I'm going to do everything I can to beat the shit out of this girl emotionally, physically, wear her down, all of that stuff. But here's where I was like, okay, this is actually really clever. Lady Tremaine literally tells Cinderella and her daughters that she is technically a woman of her word and she does not go back on her bargain but she then manipulates both of her daughters into absolutely annihilating Cinderella's outfit yeah and watches it happen like with it just like over her shoulder kind Mm -hmm. of and oh it's so fucking evil and and the way she says like like much earlier that when she told Cinderella like you can go if you do all these things and then she looks at her and she goes if, if. yep if stone cold bitch mm-hmm. and yeah she does just manipulate the shit out of the girls she really knows how to do that like and you can tell this is one of those moments that again it felt like Harry Potter to me and maybe that's just my Potter brain but <laughs> it really felt like a moment where like like some serious shit goes down and Harry and Petunia lock eyes over the rest of the family squabbling and running around like idiots who don't know what's going on. But Harry and Petunia immediately become the smartest people in the room in a couple of moments in Harry Potter and look at each other and are just like, no, we understand the fucking stakes. When Petunia accidentally says she knows what Azkaban is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, And I think it's one of those moments where the girls are going wild and Cinderella and Lady Tremaine lock eyes and just are the smartest people in the room and know what one another has done and know where everybody stands. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's good. It's really good. It is. Um, And now this is totally not in the same vein, but it is something that happened shortly before this scene that I I do just want to mention if anybody has watched this recently. And this is just because I'm historically minded. Um, when the telegram deliverer arrives with the invitation, he says his imperial majesty has Mm -hmm. sent you an invitation. Imperial majesty only referred to emperors and empresses. It was not a, it was not a title given to a king. And we know that he's not an emperor because this is supposed to be somewhere in France. Because if you actually listen very carefully, um, when a lot of the eligible women are being introduced, it tells you where some of them are from. Hmm. A lot of them are from... Uh, one of the girls is from Champagne. Uh, one of yeah. the girls' last names is Dubois. It's just, there's a lot of, like, French... You can kind of tell, so... Yeah, they're not in England. Yeah. Um, I just thought the that was... The actual castle's in Germany. It is, that's very true. For it. It yeah. Is. Um, I just thought, like, as a historical or a fan of like historical accuracy, and like, I love the medieval era and stuff. I just that was like that caught me really by surprise, and I had to pause the movie. I was like, wait, Imperial Majesty doesn't fit here. Like, that's not something you would call the king. You would just say His Royal Highness. 
or His Majesty the King. Cause yeah, you, that's what you would expect them more to say. I don't know. I don't have an explanation for that. That's weird. You're right. Oh, no. I, like, I wasn't trying to be like, dude, explain this to me. Well, I, just, I know, but I usually try to have an answer. I, know. <laughs> I don't have one to this, and it bothers me. <laughs> I know. And I looked it up, and I was just like, "That's this is like one of the only times that a title faux pas has actually happened in Disney. A, t- a Disney title faux pas? A faux pas. Mark it down, Scott. I know. I Keep track of that. The, sh- hashtag the shit out of that. Title faux pas. <laughs> 2021 we're coming for you disney it's over we're coming back (laughs) um but now so like let's get back into the drama because this actually was like the most heartbreaking part of the movie is Mm -hmm. cinderella is like torn down literally um and then she runs out into the garden at the fountain where is what we believe is the last time she saw her father before he became bedridden um, oh, I never put that together. That's awful. You're right. It is. Yeah. Oh, God. It's just from the different angle. Yeah. It's from the other side with the house in the background. Mm-hmm. The house behind us instead of... In, oh, Jesus, God. Okay. Yeah. That's um, awful. But it was it was just like... It was really fucking hard to sit there. It only happens for like seven seconds, but it's really heartbreaking to watch her literally lose her faith. Oh, yeah, and she says there's nothing left to believe in. There's and her literally whole thing nothing is left. optimism. This mm-hmm. is her all is lost. Like, it was, yeah. It's Well, and it's because she, she did everything right. Yeah, she and I think that's the, the most impossible. important part. She did yeah. everything she possibly could have. She did it with integrity. She, you know, she didn't know that she stole that shit. Yeah. That was the fucking mice. She had no idea where that dress came from. She just yeah, did everything she Yeah, she can't be she like, uh, like it must have been the mice that we have running in the house. <laughs> Not for a second. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's my animal friends. Don't worry about it. It's yeah, probably the birds. My army. Or my uh, friends. <laughs> yeah, my right. I mean my friends. <laughs> Jesus. But she, um, yeah, it's a really, it's a rough moment. And it goes on for a second there, too. And then the fairy godmother fucking comes into existence yep. with Cinderella crying in her lap because Cinderella's laying on the mm-hmm. like on she the has bench. like her, her hand in her arms on the bench and the fairy godmother materializes under her and Cinderella just accepts it like like she's just there's not for even one second where she says she doesn't even say who are you where did you or come how from did, where did you how yeah. did you get here nothing she just is like okay she just accepts everything about it and it's just like tell me what the deal is you're like oh you're so there's a woman here now cool <laughs> i was crying on my own now there's this woman here got it can't argue with yeah. that logic now Let's... i have my face in this woman's lap like yeah. what is going on yeah total stranger but so... i do love that the godmother comes right at that that mm-hmm. moment where she really has lost yeah. faith and that it's not the movie doesn't tell us that it's not okay to lose faith. The movie tells us that when you do, if you have been a good person, your support system will pick you up. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the most important thing is while the fairy godmother is only in the movie for about four minutes total, the Best importance of the of scene isn't even her being there. It's actually the fact that all of the animal friends that she has helped come out to be there for her they don't try to comfort her they don't say anything they're not like we can fix this they're just there yeah like hey if you need us we're here you know if you're a fan of labyrinth like i am with david bowie should you need us Mm -hmm. it's just that's just kind of how they act and then 
then we we get like the movie just takes a complete 180 and now we're like we're excited it's happy cinderella keeps trying to point out that her dress looks like shit but the fairy godmother just keeps making everything else happen (laughs) so funny and she's like yo but also me like i am a fucking mess um but also i love that like the fairy godmother barely notices that i know because Cinderella's like great because she you know well she needed a new dress but you know mm-hmm. push comes to shove she's We've she's got a lot going doing. on without the outfit yeah and I so this is the part where I was just like speechless blown away by the animation oh the yeah actual animation of Cinderella getting her dress is flawless a hundred percent. Almost this entire movie was rotoscoped. Oh, yeah. Um, I, um, pretty much every scene in this movie, mm-hmm. Walt took the time to do with a rotoscope because, because you know what? Disney was going to go bankrupt and they needed well, to go yeah, bigger they're like, go dude, home, we're going out. We're going out with guns blazing. And yeah, I think we have it's one funny. more chance to do this and do it really, really right. Do, and they yeah. did. And that's like, I noticed it in really minor parts, like a really good, like a uh, really, a part that I noticed it that was just kind of like really weird and subtle was when Lady Tremaine has the beads in her hand and then she flips her hand over to look at them in a different light. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's a really weird way to animate that, but damn, that looked so fucking real. It did. And it was it looked awesome. All of it looked so good. It was all great. And, and even aside from the animation in this scene, like, the rules and the stakes are clear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no like, I can manipulate this or I'm not sure how this works. It's just bing bang boom. These yeah, are here's your what rules. this movie is, and and also this is a master class in exposition delivery mm-hmm. because this is the fairy godmother. She speaks only in rhymes, yep. even when it's not the song. Mm-hmm. Um, she's so engaging. She's so right there. Whoever does the voice for this is amazing, um, and. It's just they explain to you what the situation is super clearly, and the music is awesome, and it's just all of it is just so good. Like, it's just, it's really perfect filmmaking, that scene. Everything about it is perfect. 100% I agree. And 10 out of 10. Before we even move on to another scene, one of my favorite things about Disney movies is they're one or two liners that are like really awesome motivational quotes yeah ironically my favorite one of all time is from the hunchback of notre dame uh which is not in any way shape or form my favorite disney movie i actually don't really care for it but whatever but this movie is actually the first real disney movie that introduces one of those one-liners and it's what's the line it's something the fairy godmother says. Um, she's like, we haven't moment, we don't have a moment to lose, but we need to make sure we have everything because even miracles take a little time. Mm-hmm. And I was yeah. like, dude, let's go! Like, fuck uh-huh. yes, yeah, get there, fairy godmother. Like, she's, it's so great. And then I did, I do have a note that like when we move over to the ball. Mm-hmm. We see the prince, and the first shot of the prince, he looks bored. Oh my god, Jasmine he's, he up is in here. so not having it. He's just he's like, He's so dude. funny. He seems like a hilarious dude. I really want more time with him. I know. Um, he's amazing, but 
the art in this bit when she arrives, when she goes mm-hmm. up the stairs and she's late for the ball and she's, you know, everyone's already in there and it is so fucking beautiful. I, I just, it's incredible. That shot holds up. <laughs> it just looks so good. Um, and then I really yeah. liked this whole thing with the king in there too, where he and the duke are talking and it's like, they... They're de- he's describing. I think it's oh, the king as is she describing. Yeah. yeah, as she enters, they're describing like how great would it be if you know the perfect girl just came in and he fell in love and it all went great. And they say, oh, it's just a pretty plot for fairy tales, but it's actually happening in the background. Like the just the way that this this film is made. Like this is storytelling at its fucking peak. The way that Disney did this, not just the Cinderella story, but the way Disney did it is mm-hmm. just so well done. Yeah, hundred percent. I agree. And this is where a lot of the humor comes back into the movie is yeah, the two the of them talking like he the king yells to start the waltz and literally almost falls out of the balcony. Yeah. I thought that was so fucking funny. Um, but then for no reason at all, Disney is like, I'm going to turn this animation up to a fucking eleven. And they go outside. They dance between trees, which allows lighting and shading to bounce off of not just them, but the folds of their clothes. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just like, dude, this movie is a fucking masterpiece. Masterpiece. It is so beautiful. And during, during that scene, that's like the... That's the big bit where I think everybody talks about like, oh, Cinderella, she sings one song with this asshole and she's in love, right? That's like the negative narrative around yeah. like princesses and this movie, right? That's what everybody says. Well, it's just Watching another like you ju- you're falling in love with the first person you met kind of thing, but... Yeah, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. When I watched, when I was watching this and like paying close attention to that, because like I'm, a, I'm keenly aware of that criticism. So this is love. First of all, another banger. Second mm-hmm. of all, this song is non-diegetic. This is not happening in the story. It is sung by the voice actors. It's sung in Cinderella's voice and in yep. the prince's voice. But they didn't sing a song and fall in love. This isn't a diegetic musical number. Mm-hmm. This is a fucking montage. They were together all night while he blew yeah. off everybody else. And, like, I would challenge anyone to give me any romantic comedy or other story that doesn't have, like, oh, we spent three magical hours together or whatever but we just aren't seeing all of their conversation it's not like they never spoke they had this whole night together out on the grounds it yeah. wasn't one dance and a song it's it's a montage of their love story I fucking believe it I think mm-hmm. there are princess stories that are way more fucking problematic oh, than this yeah. song I think people really misunderstand this scene I agree I just I, buy it I'm actually kind of I'm kind of here for it. And I think it's interesting that you bring that up as like an issue with time because this is another movie where people assume it happens within this definable scope of time because mm-hmm. that's how they witness it. Like another really good example is and I'll I'll get to it when we when we eventually get there, but um really it, becoming our catchphrase. I know. When we get when we get there. <laughs> when we now. get there. Um in Empire Strikes Back <laughs> When Luke arrives on Dagobah, everyone just assumes that Luke is there for, like, three or four days. Right. And then he's like, oh, shit, my friends are in trouble. Like, we gotta get the fuck... I gotta get the fuck out of here. No. Luke is literally on Dagobah for a year and a half. 
But like, how long do like Han and Leia spend inside the space worm then? Isn't oh, that no, the issue with the that run. that people talk about? That it's like one or like either Luke was there for five minutes or they were inside the worm for a year and a half. Isn't it supposed to be one or the like that well, the movie sets it up to be one or the other and it doesn't make sense either way? No. So the one or the other is um, they're on Cloud City for that long. Ah, okay, okay, that's what it is. That yeah, yeah they're either any anyway. I. Yeah, yes. but whatever. We'll but get it to doesn't that later necessarily, on. But, like, but agreed. Like it's this is not. I think I think where people get this one twisted up is that they feel like this is a musical number that the characters are singing because mm-hmm. often in later Disney that's the case. But thus far, the only songs that we're really getting that are like musical numbers like that that people are thinking of in that way are like. Mm-hmm. The Wishing Well song and yeah. Snow White, and it lays mm-hmm. the I Want songs, right? It's a dream yeah. and it's a wish I heart. Wow. Dream, a dream and is I a wish, wish I your heart. heart makes, and I something words. <laughs> a dream is a wish your heart makes. But those are really the only ones we've had. I mean, even in this, okay, Bibbidi Boppity Boo, yes, that's another one, but not um, the one when she's cleaning. Cinderella, yeah. I guess. I guess there's more than I'm giving it credit for. But that's for. not even her. Like, it's the, it's yeah, the mice that are singing that. Bibbidi Boppity Boo is the fairy godmother. You yeah. can't even sing Sweet Nightingale because that's just her singing because she heard the song upstairs and was like, good lord, like, this is how it should be sung. Can you it's shut the fuck up? It's being played on the piano. Like, it's yeah. fully diegetic and it makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's it's more like modern, but this is like a background song. This is not being sung by characters in the movie yeah. in any way, shape, or form for This Is Love. And Cinderella will hum it later and sing it to herself. Yep. And I think people get really twisted up about time in this scene. I really think they feel like it so. is in story only supposed to be as long as it is to watch. But it's a montage, people. This is her love story montage. Yes. Yep. <laughs> anyway, I felt really strongly about that. No, also, I, I'm glad you brought it to my attention because like, I, I definitely thought that but was never like, how the fuck do I put this in words? Like, this is weird. Yeah, I just think this movie gets a lot of shit for that. Like, Cinderella yeah. as a character gets a lot of shit for that, for falling in love so quickly. And I'm like, she had all night. Like, none of y'all bitches have ever, like, had one awesome day with somebody and felt like you were in love. And also, like, thought of that as, like, being a better option when it turns out that person oh. totally fell in love with you. Yeah. And he's the fucking prince. How are you not going to be like, let me out of my room, I want to try on that slipper? Like, we'll get to that part. Yeah. I really think Cinderella gets is not the, like, anti-feminist icon that people believe she is. I don't think so either. My only other note about the ball itself um, is that I much prefer stories of this version where the ball is a masquerade. I think this doesn't yes. make any fucking sense at all. Yeah, the fact that it's just an open dance kind of was weird. Because um, every other iteration I've ever seen, it is it is a masquerade. It's just uh, full on... Yeah, I... Because in the Grimm's, it's not, oddly. The Grimm's, it really it's not, not a masquerade. Oh, shit, and they okay. just say because she's... Well, because in, in the Grimm's, they don't even give her a bed or the attic or whatever. Mm. She sleeps at, at the by the fire. In by the, the fire, and that's coals. why they call her Cinderella. That's, well, and they call her... It's not Cinderella in Cinder. the Grimm's. It's... No, it's... What? Ash Puddle. Oh, yeah. Ash, Ash Patel. I do, I'm pronouncing it incorrectly, I'm sure. It's German. Um, but, yeah, it's that's where she gets the name Cinderella, right? Her, it's because she sleeps in the coals, and so she's, like, totally filthy all the time. And I think in the Grimm's, they say that because she's now cleaned up, nobody recognized her. But I just don't find that believable on screen. I think if you want to put that in a book, fucking great. But if you're going to put it on screen, it's just not believable unless it's a masquerade story. So I 
did miss that here. I mean, you see the... You see Lady Tremaine be like, oh, there's something familiar about her. And I'm like, you fucking think so? See, that was like, the other part that, like, bothered me. Like, they would not be that hard-pressed to recognize her. No. No. I, it's not that unbelievable that she would have still shown up. It's unbelievable that she has that outfit, but, like... I think that's the only reason. Like, well, and granted, they, so your your eyes can't contemplate something you've never seen before without someone explaining it to you. Um, right. So they have like they didn't they've never seen her with her hair like that they've never seen her in that color with a gown that beautiful before they're not expecting it but still to be like she looks familiar you're not like it looks like Cinderella but in a good dress like I just I yeah I prefer the masquerade versions of this um anything else about the ball itself so not about the ball but one thing about as it's closing that I did notice was kind of an odd turn. Um, when the Grand Duke is attempting to stop Cinderella from departing with great and warranted haste, um, he yells for the guards to go after her. And dear God, these guards that go after her are pure nightmare fuel. Yeah, they go after her fucking hard. Like, I would have run too. Dude, not only are they, like, belting after her, but... Their horses are pure black with red eyes. Yeah, they're terrifying. Yeah, I just, like, dude, I would be mortified. Their manes are tied up, too, so they don't have that, like, friendly My Little Pony look. They have, like, that terrifying imperial look. Like, yeah, like, it's, it's, if I'm Cinderella and that's happening... I'm going to fucking haul ass because I think I just got caught for being somewhere I'm not supposed to be. Not the prince is in love with me so hard that he's going to send the whole royal guard to get me. Like, I definitely think I'm in trouble if that's what's happening. Yeah, that would have been my immediate thought, too. I don't think that's what she thought. I think she just wanted to get out of there so no one identified her. But I think that having the guards come after her was added like, oh, shit. Yeah. But yeah, I, that was like my only other thing that I wanted to notice about, or I wanted to, I wanted to comment on that because then yeah. I, so this is where my, my memory of the movie kind of fell apart. I didn't remember that it's the same fucking night that the Archduke comes, goes looking for her. Oh yeah. That he starts looking is right away that he comes to hers the next day. Yeah. Um, she gets an overnight cause she doesn't know that anything's gone wrong. She's like humming. So this is love. And, mm-hmm. but, um, definitely gives herself away too, which I kind of, I was kind of irritated by that. She's Twitter pated. Oh, <laughs> she is. Yes. She totally is. And, uh, God damn it. <laughs> and I and I love it. It's like so sweet and and of course she is, you know. I think again, it's not as though like Cinderella just wanted a night out. Cinderella didn't go out hoping that someone was going to rescue her and yeah. save her from her circumstances. She just wanted a little bit of a break. And of course she comes back all Twitter pated and stoked and of course she's like, "Yeah, I'll fucking leave with the prince." Like that I don't I just don't see this as being this like insta fall in love. I'm like, "I would fucking left no, with him it's, too." Yeah, and I think I think in important differentiation between a a lot of the judgment that she gets and just the actual what happens is she didn't know that the guy she danced with was the prince she She makes two comments about how she never got to meet the prince 
Oh yeah, to him, and he looks yeah, at her like, "Are you to, fucking he's kidding like, me, dude? Are you dumb? What the fuck? Maybe I'm not." Yeah, in love she, with you. she had no idea. Well, which I think is like, I think that might be part of the plot point of the Hillary Duff one that like her not knowing is hot to the prince, like that he, which again well, yeah, is very Jasmine, seen, yeah. like wants to be seen for like who like a he regular is person and not, and, yeah. yeah, just like going off into the into the bazaar or whatever with her hood on. I'm telling you, it's the same fucking character. It's the same goddamn movie. Um, I think one of the most harrowing and heartbreaking scenes in all Disney is her being locked up in the tower. With the her evil seeing step- her, yeah, seeing her in the mirror. Fuck the evil stepmother. And watching her lock... I, dude, again, we just, we go right back to Lady Tremaine being this incredible, incredible villain because... Stone Cold bitch. Not only... Does she immediately lock her in the room? She figures it out almost instantly. Mm-hmm. There isn't this like, I wonder who she could be and who is that woman? And her daughters are clearly already given up, but she hasn't. So well, she sees her all Twitter painted like yeah. she knows what and that she's looks like, like. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. She knows immediately, and she is so fucking evil. And I just, I just hate her. But. I want to take us on like a minor tangent oh, on let's this go. Ne- on this scene. So, so this whole thing is a little bit ridiculous, right? I'm watching this and I'm like, Jesus! Like the prince is just gonna marry whoever fits the slipper. Like he just spent all night in yeah. a montage with Cinderella. Like why do they think that he's gonna marry Anastasia if her foot fits in the stupid shoe, right? And I'm like, that's ridiculous. He would never have just taken her home and married her. Like, this is one of my big questions for this, is like, why do they even think this would work? And Jesus God, this is the actual plot of Cinderella 3, A Twist in Time. Explains this question for me. Are you serious? I was like, yeah, dude, because I am no longer going to sleep on these sequels. I watched both of them. Yeah. I'm taking responsibility for bullshit Disney sequels. I watched them both. Cinderella 2, the TVA can have it. It's utter garbage. But Cinderella 3, not only does it answer the question about what would happen if they brought home Anastasia instead of Cinderella, but it also erased Cinderella 2 from the timeline and and made it so the TVA didn't have to do it. It was amazing. And it, it genuinely was good. Like, it was really, it was for sure up there with King of Thieves. Like, this is... Hell yeah. Yeah, this is like high tier Disney sequel, um, and they what happens is in the future after the wedding and everything's happened in Cinderella, they Lady Tremaine gets a hold of the magic wand, right, and is able to like petrify the um, fairy godmother, like turn her to stone. And takes control of the one, takes everybody back in time and, like, prevents Cinderella from getting out of the attic or of the tower. And then charms the prince, like, makes him forget so that they do take Anastasia back. And the and Cinderella yeah. has to spend the whole time, like, sneaking around the castle trying to, like, convince him that he spent the night with her at the ball and not Anastasia. Because Cinderella, I think, remembers still. It was fucking incredible. And it answered that question for me. I so that's like my I've Cinderella 3, it. a twisted time tangent. It's available no, now on that's, Disney+. Plus. <laughs> I, thank you. Uh, my my official Disney Plus spokesperson over here. Um, oh, fuck yeah. I'm watching all of this. It's all on Disney+, Plus, you guys. No, I, I'm incredible. pretty sure I've seen that at least one time. Because I remember them like talking in the ramparts. And yeah. Anastasia is like... isn't She falls in love with like the bread delivery guy, right? 
That's in Cinderella 2. Oh, that's in the second one. Okay. Maybe yeah, I haven't and, seen the first one. Or the but they're one. both about trying to redeem Anastasia, which I think is hilarious. Hell and yeah. um Yeah, but definitely not Drizelda. Drizelda? Drizella. Drizella. Um, yeah, they don't want to redeem her at all. But also, the prince gets a lot of time in Cinderella 3, Good. A Twist in Time. And it's hilarious because he's been charmed, right? So he doesn't remember... And he, like, thinks that Anastasia is who he was with at the ball. And it's, like, right. the day after the ball, right? And there's this great scene where, like, Gus Gus and Jack Jack come in with the birds. And they're all, like, they're trying to drag him to, like, save Cinderella. Because Lady Tremaine's trying to, like, send her to the New World or some shit. I don't fucking know. And he has to, like, go save her in the third act, right? And they're trying to, like, push him out the door. And they're, like, flipping out. And he's like, what are these animals doing? What the fuck is this? Like, appropriately. <laughs> Right, and they start grabbing on his sleeves and his pant legs and dragging him, and he goes, well, "Okay, <laughs> it's so funny." And he laughs and he's like, "Sure, whatever the fuck," and like follows the animals. <laughs> but he like takes a moment to be like, "This is so weird. What's happening?" <laughs> like, that is so incredible. It honestly was good. I'm just so recommendation I, for me for Cinderella three: A Twist in Time, <laughs> wild time travel story. It, yeah, I I actually kind of want to go back and watch this now. I recommend it. Don't watch Cinderella 2. It's garbage. No, I'm pretty sure that's the one I have seen. Because I remember her falling in love with, like, the baker or something. It's the one that has... It's, like, a little package film. It's, yeah, like, three and then little Jack stories. becomes a human. Yeah, Jack. Okay, yeah, I remember. Okay, yeah, it's fucked yeah, yeah, up, yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, Don't yeah. watch that. It's so weird. And he's trying to get Cinderella's attention. And, like, Cinderella's... Yeah. They, they spent, like, $10 on that movie. Now, the third one. <laughs> third one is fucking good. Um, now... I won't keep us too long on that, but I did enjoy it and think everyone should watch it. Um, and the fact that it's a time travel story that actually takes the bad sequel out of canon was just, it was just gold. That's so funny. I um, never would have thought that. Damn, dude, a lot amazing. of our questions are getting answered by that shit. This is what I'm saying. Like, really, Disney just, like, retconned, like, fixed all this shit. Like, they know we've been asking these questions since 1950, so they're like, yeah, fuck it. You want to know what would have happened if... Yeah. If, if Cinderella wasn't the one who got in the shoe, if Anastasia fit the shoe, sure. Incidentally, in the Grimm's, for those who don't know, um, they do cut off the big toe of one of the sisters yeah. to try and so, get to it try into and the make shoe. It fit. Yeah, the shoe just keeps filling with blood to the point that the prince keeps turning around like he does try to take them home. And then he turns around, he's like, this can't be right. Look at, she's cut her toe off. Like, this can't be the right girl. And they just keep trading it until they find Cinderella. It's so funny. <laughs> and also fucked up. But. Anyway, now seems like a good time to discuss Lucifer. So, I'm actually glad that you brought that up. Um, dude, I did not remember that he straight up dies. Wait, what? Dude, he gets pushed out of the window at the top of the tower. Oh my god, you're right. And we, we never see him again. And they're just like, okay, cool, bye. Well, There's no way he lived from that height because if you watch carefully, he does disappear before he hits the ground, which is a Disney trope of not showing what the body does when it hits ground at that height. Right. He, yeah, he full on dies. Bruno right, pushes well, him out the shit. window. Because he's definitely in Cinderella too, but that's taken out of the timeline. I'm trying to like justify how the cat's not dead. I'm certain he is. I I don't recall whether he's in Cinderella three. I think. Well, no, of course he is, because they go back in time to before this happened. So yeah. actually, you're right. It's probably dead. Shit. But just wow. like I was that's watching brutal. that, and I was just like, oh my god. God, I 
I'm like so emotionally invested in that scene. I hardly noticed it. Like all I can hear is like Bruno, get Bruno, and I'm like oh, fucking get Bruno. Dude, <laughs> Bruno is a straight up G though. Such a G. We should really start making an official list. <laughs> I, I kind of feel like we need to. Geppetto, Toad, Bruno, Bruno, dude. Yeah, he he comes in so clean. And like yeah. right when they need it too, I think that's the most important part because first of all, the birds drop like plates and books and shit on his head, and Lucifer's just like mortals. Oh, I know. And I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck, bro? Like mortals. this shit is breaking on your head. You'd and be truly, dead. You're the, a cat. the tension in this scene is just yeah. I mean, I didn't personally go to film school, but I certainly hope that they're using this to teach some of the shit because. They really master like exposition and tension in this movie. Mm, yeah, um, I agree. It's so terrifying when they're trying to get the key out of her pocket. Oh yeah. And then and he's like trying not to get hit by that drop of scalding tea. And yeah. like the stakes are very high through this whole movie for it being like, you know, a reasonably small story, right? Mm -hmm. Like what it is at the core, it is know, just a simple story. Like it's it's yeah, it's contained. Yeah. It's not like the stakes are not world ending, certainly. Even for Cinderella, I mean, what happens if she doesn't marry the prince? She she was okay. She was it wasn't great. But she yeah. was okay. She was optimistic. She had hope. She was like not totally unhappy all the time. Right? It, right. Is I think what they tried to tell us. Yeah, it's, and I think I think that's like yeah, she knew her life could be better. And obviously that's why she gets excited when she finds out that the prince is downstairs and all that stuff. Yeah. Well, but, and she loves him. They yeah. it's, you know, like they had a montage. It's that's what it is. It's true love. It's not like I'm I need my slipper or I need you guys to know that that's my slipper because I want to get out of this house. It's more, I want to get back to the guy that I love. Yeah. Which, now that I'm realizing it, I just realized is a major plot hole. If she didn't think that she danced with the prince, why did she... Unless she like realized it on her own, like oh fuck, that was a prince. Like, well, I think the I think the fact that they're looking for the slipper isn't that what tips her off that they're like oh shit, they're looking like they're saying yeah. that the prince is looking for the woman he danced with and all they have is her okay. glass slipper. Yeah, well, no, that's fuck. fine. Right. Isn't I, that it's it? not a plot hole. Then never mind. Ignore me. I'm not positive that that's but, addressed, but it seems to me that that's the logic. Like I, I feel like Cinderella could deduce that. I don't recall whether they actually. Well, yeah, because she Lady Tremaine comes in and says that that's what the proclamation is: is the girl that can fit the shoe which I want to point this out because everyone always brings this up as a classic Disney plot hole there are probably tons of women in the village that have the same shoe size well that's what I'm saying what if they bring somebody back who's not Cinderella yeah which so, is again the plot of Cinderella 3 twisted time <laughs> well exactly like obviously the prince is not going to be like oh the shoe fit let's get married it's mm -hmm. oh the shoe fit and you look like the girl yeah, and you're her. Like, that's yeah. the best way to start weeding people out. Is like, do you fit into this? Cool, now you get to meet the prince and yeah. find out whether you're the girl. Um, I also feel like a lot of this is, like, driven by the king. I feel like the king probably doesn't give a fuck. No, I don't think he gives a shit back, at all. Right? Like, he's just like, whatever, just please, for the love of God, get married. Right? Yeah. So, I think that some of it's that, too, because we know the Grand Duke is running this personally. Obviously, the king has a, has a say in how this is being done. Right. Um, and I don't think the prince would fall for it for one second. And I think that Cinderella 3, A Twist in Time, does solidify that for us, because it does require magic for him to be duped. Because he does love her, because... This is an honest to God love story and not a bad feminist thing. No. I really am, yeah, 
I'm going to be watching you, Disney, whether you actually did any bad feminism. I'm not convinced. We're going to find out later. Good. Yeah. Um, Mostly in Beauty and the Beast. But anyway. yeah, so like that's that's the whole obvious like so now we're concluded the movie like she's like oh i've still got the other glass lever which that's the only other thing i don't get why did everything else disappear but her shoes didn't whatever well, the only thing i can think is that the fairy godmother knew that she would need them that's the because only thing i can think because if you have enough hope and resilience yeah. and good things then you're and also because that's just the story is that there's always the shoe is how you find them right that's like yeah. the oldest part of the story what i didn't get about this is like the evil stepmother is just hell-bent on stopping Cinderella from, from being happy and leaving, yeah. even though her girls already lost her shot. And this is where they really miss out on, like, it It can't be about getting the girls to marry him. It could be about Cinderella's their only help, who cooks for them now. So, if, you know, yeah, maybe that's, it's that. And so, as much as I love Lady Tremaine, and I love the villainy behind her, I actually... Ra- but, I I did I rated her villain score a three. Really? Yeah, because number one, and this is like my biggest issue with this movie, there is no retribution for her. Nothing happens to her. No, she just continues. She to, just, she just the, loses her cook. Yeah, the last time we see her is the shocked look on her face when Cinderella reveals the other slipper. And then the movie oh, God, ends in like look, 45 though. seconds. I know that look is crazy. I, this is our biggest deviation ever on ratings. And I knew I was going to overinflate this one because of just the mountain of bullshit <laughs> well, we had yeah. before it. But I gave her a seven out of 10 just for being mm-hmm. fucking so hateable and menacing. Oh, yeah. I mean, she is like, in terms of hateability, because it's not a death rating because she doesn't die. So yeah, right. if I'm specifically looking at that, like, did she get her comeuppance? Then That's I'm what with I you. Mean. I'm giving like, it like a three. If, if it's, did she get her comeuppance? It's a three, but overall as a villain she's getting a 7 out of 10 for me because she's oh yeah 100% so fucking terrifying and classic and iconic and just and a great foil to Cinderella like they are just it's she's awesome and I love her she and is and that's seven. like if we were going based and I think that's I want to tweak the rating a little bit I don't want to do it as yeah. villain death I just want to do villain rating from now on because if we're doing it that way then 100% I'm giving her a 7.5 almost an 8 I think we should just high. do villain rating and, okay. and take into account how they died. Yeah, I or think that's whether Because, I mean, if she had died horribly, she'd get a 10 out of 10. Oh, pff. yeah, absolutely. You know, I wouldn't so even, I this think like, we should take Disney it, like, holistically, right? Yeah. Like, I, think, I, think that's, I think that's how we're going to do it from now on. Um, what did you rate the movie? The movie, I gave it an 8 out of 10. I gave it an eight and then I moved it down to a seven because I'm just like remembering like Moana and like there are other things to come. And I'm like, so, this isn't an eight, but it's also really fucking good. And I gave it a seven. I did. I did start thinking that way. But then I was like, no, I have to think of it in the reverse. I have to think of it of everything that came before it up to this point. Oh, if this is within the context. And I think we should start discussing that more as we rate things. And I think we did a little bit in the in the first episode of What If, right? That we're talking mm-hmm. about, like, is it within Marvel or is it yeah. overall? Um, I'm giving Cinderella a 7 out of 10 fucking overall and within the context of Disney overall. But if I'm doing it within the context of the Disney we've had thus far in the timelines, oh, which is like a 10. 10. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, easily it's a 10. But I think that that's something that's worth contextualizing for listeners too of like mm-hmm. how are we thinking about these ratings because certainly 
you know, Bambi's five that it got for me is within the context of Disney, not of all yeah. film. Yeah, right? absolutely. And I think that's like important to keep in mind. But yeah, I, I, I really like Cinderella. It turns mm-hmm. out Cinderella was good. I have a newfound appreciation for it. I, it wasn't like, oh, it's my girlfriend's favorite movie. Um, but it was never like my top anything. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, but now that I've like I've rewatched it, I'm like, God dang it, dude! This movie's actually kind of a banger. But it is the only reason. So the only reason I didn't give it a perfect ten out of ten, even taking the current timeline into account, is there's just too many things that we don't get exposition on. Okay. Like we don't ever elaborate on them being borderline destitute. We don't ever we don't really get to meet the prince like at all that's the biggest gap yeah. for me he because he seems fucking awesome like i want him and jasmine to be drinking buddies Dude, i feel like I, they would have been like bff growing up in the aristocracy of the world right i agree yeah 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 I agree. that's what i want that's the that's the disney sequel i want I'm gonna call him and tell him. I know that's that's what I'm gonna do. I'm actually just gonna send him this episode and be like, "Make that shit happen, you guys." Yeah, make it happen for me. They would be bestest friends. It would be actually really funny, like in a Wreck It Ralph type setting, like that meta, like put them together oh my outside God, of yeah. their movies. I could see the two of them hanging about, like chilling, drinking a beer, just being like, "Can you can you believe this bullshit?" Yeah, like they're the chillest of the royalty, no question. They kind of are. Aladdin and Cinderella would have so much fun together. Like this is a double date. I need to see. Agreed. Agreed. If anybody's an artist out there and you want to draw that, I'm not going to commission God. you, but I would think it'd be like really fucking hilarious to do that. It would that. be really, really cool. I wish I could make that a reality. I'm I not, know. I can't. I can't, yeah. I don't Everyone, have, picture I don't it in your imaginations because yeah. I can't try it. Um, but yeah, so, I think that's. Should we take us out of here? I think you should. Go ahead yeah, and uh, I, I grab think that's that pretty much all ring. we have to say. Yeah, smash your pumpkins and. Head on out of here. Um, So we'll be back later this week with What If Episode 2. So everybody cross your fingers for some improvement on What If. Um, And then we'll be continuing through the timeline in the Silver Age after that. So send us feedback. Let us know. What do you think the the mice are eating? Um, You can email us at gobehindthetimeline at gmail.com. We are on Instagram at gobehindthetimeline. And you can hit us up on Twitter at behindtimeline. So send us your feedback. Let us know your thoughts. We're stoked to see you later this week for What If Episode 2. And everybody stay nerdy until then. See you guys.